insurance agents from around the world. Welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, powered by Glovebox. God, I love Glovebox. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Mobile, Alabama. Parade first team All-American rivals five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? I'm great, Scott. Although Callahan's was closed at lunch, so first time know. Bradley said probably the first Scott, time they've ever they've ever closed. Scott, I've been here for 200 years, and there's Callahan's has never. Been. You know when I knew we were going to have a problem as we're walking towards Callahan's, ladies and gentlemen. There's a plumbing truck in the front of it, and I thought, uh-oh. Yeah. Can I, can I tell you my my story? Please. Sorry, Rags. This has nothing to do with your podcast, but I have a story that I really want to tell Scott that I think the listeners will understand and appreciate. So, And many of you are giving me crap for this. You right. may remember this, Scott. So about two months ago, uh, it's June the 30th, mm-hmm. I believe. It was June the 30th, and... I have a child who's 11 months old that still does not sleep through the night. He's a good baby otherwise. Rags, you can probably relate. And we had like four bad nights in a row. Mm. Okay, and we're getting ready to go out of town. And I'm like, I really need a good night tonight. Mm. Really bad, right? So we get the baby to sleep. I'm like, oh, yes, he went to sleep easy. (laughs) You know that feeling, Rags, right? It's like, like, oh, yeah, he went to bed. Okay, good, good. And all of a sudden, the walls on my house start shaking oh no fireworks Fireworks on june the 30th just start erupting this is at Mm. almost eight o'clock at night it's like 7 50 well past dark Mm. just i mean professional fireworks show wakes the baby up I'm pissed off. He's pissed off. The neighbors are the neighbors are messaging me. What in the fresh hell is going? You know, right? And it was this church that's right behind my house. Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Every small town has a church that the people that don't go there don't like that church. You know what I mean? Right. One oh, of sure. those. Sure. So, and I go to church. By the way, I don't go to that church. And so I post on Facebook something to the effect of. Really appreciate such and such church calling me out, or really appreciate such and such church. Oh boy. Starting a cannon war in my backyard, signed a dad who hasn't slept in three nights. And it was meant, I mean, I was pissed off about it, but I was not. Right. You know what I'm saying? Call the police pissed off. Yeah, I was just like tongue in cheek, venting. And and as soon as I posted it, because I do this a lot, and some of you that follow me on Twitter will see me. I'll tweet something kind of snarky, and then immediately I'll delete it. Because right. it's like after you tweet it, you feel better about it, and you're like, eh, I'm not really ready for the ramifications of this action, right? So as soon as I was going to delete it, I was like, nah, yeah, I'm not ready for that battle. And like two or three people reached out like, rock on, brother. I'm like, okay. There you go. All right. We're going, this is going to be a thing. I've got some support. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, And one of the people – was a parent whose baby was woke up that lives way further away from there than I do. Right. Like a couple miles. And so anyway, it turned into a crap show. A lot of our podcast listeners were on there calling me an old grouch, and it, which are. was all good. You are. It, yeah, it was all in good fun. It was meant as a joke, sort of. 
And I, I jokingly commented because because the there was church people on there right that were in support of them saying, well, they pulled a permit, they pulled a permit, they pulled a permit. The city said it was okay, so it's okay. Yeah. And so I said, well, I'd really like to see a copy of that permit to see who issued it. Just being kind of funny. Somebody you know? posted it. Did they post no, it? No. Okay. So fast forward, my wife and I are building a house. Oh, boy. We're hey, getting- hey, let me let me stop you right here. Folks, this is what I always tell you guys about. Be very careful when you start to go burning bridges down. You're right. You're because right. at some point, when you decide to burn it, this, you, you might need to walk back over it. This is going to be a lesson in, no, not have to walk back over it, but just this is a funny story. So we're clearing the land that we're building the house on right now as we speak. I'm going by there every day, check, you know how that goes. And we get there the other day and the builder says, yeah, there was a permit we were supposed to pull because we're clearing more than X amount of land. However... We're also clearing the neighbor's lot, too, which mm-hmm. they are. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it makes yours under, he said, the people in that house right there called the city on you to make sure you had the permit. Guess, guess, who, guess where they go to church? No. Guess who lives in that house? Preacher. The preacher. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Damn it, man. I know there's no business lesson there, but I just had to well, put that is. on the podcast. There yeah, is. There is. Don't do that if you're in business. But You just have to be real careful. You, do. you know, there's a lot of people that have been in my life at some point in the past that I choose. We're talking insurance people here. Yeah. I have always chosen to keep their name out of my mouth on yeah, this podcast. Sure. Because sure. some of them are still in the industry. Some yeah. of them are major players in the industry. And I want to be clear, I'm a big believer in not burning bridges. Right. My dad has owned a successful business for 30 years. The Probably the biggest lesson he ever taught me is never burn bridges in business. However, I am appreciative of the very timely bridge burnt. Right. Sometimes I think it's, 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 it's needed, you know. So anyway. Guys, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, we've got a very special podcast for you guys today. And I'm going to, look, we're going to have secret time for just a second. Scott's going to tell you a little something about him. I, good or bad, do not have the jealousy gene in my body. I really believe in my heart that it's something that my wife wishes I had more of relative to her because some guy will come up and hit on her or talk to her. And a couple of times throughout the course of our relationship, she's always been like, well, you're just not very jealous. And, and of course, I always say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Baby, if you're going to drive a Ferrari, people are going to look at it, okay? People are going to look at it. But I do not have the jealousy gene in me, and I, I love it when I see people that I'm friends with in the insurance industry do well, succeed. Especially set, companies that we have gotten behind and, yep, and success, been a part of and been customers and that sort of thing. You know, get an opportunity to – to sell and, and and take some chips off the table and live a little bit more comfortably and be able to breathe a little bit. The guy we've got on this podcast today, guys, is a friend of mine. He's a friend of Bradley's, and I'm so happy for him, and I'm so happy because of the hard work and the dedication that I know he's put in to build something special. We're going to talk a little bit about what's transpired over the last week or two, and there is no part of my body or my mind or my spirit that is in any way jealous. It is simply just gratefulness 
gratefulness on my part and thankfulness that he's got this opportunity and, and is where he is today. I'm you, sorry. You need to scoot this way like. Okay. There you go. Okay. Sorry about that. Because Rags can see. All my cameras. All my cameras. We have, we have five cameras in here, Rags. So. Yeah, it's a lot. So without further ado, I want to give him the introduction he's always deserved. Ladies and gentlemen, he's originally from Burlington, Massachusetts. He currently resides in Medford, Massachusetts. He is married to the beautiful Megan, and they have one beautiful baby. He graduated from Bentley College, and he was a commercial insurance producer from 2015 to 2017. Bradley, we always talk about loving mm-hmm. insure techs who were led by somebody that was in the trenches. It's like World War One, buddy. Get in the damn foxhole with us. If you're going to run the show and you're going to show us what a great insurance tech you have, you better have got down there in the foxhole yourself and pulled out an M16 and started shooting. Those are the people that we love to talk to and we believe are going to run a successful insure tech. This man obviously did because of what we're about to talk about. He grew up outside of Boston, Massachusetts. His father owned and ran an insurance agency for 20 years. Love that so much. In 2021, he sold that agency to Hub Group, but that agency is the reason why my man, my dog, started Tarmica. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my profound honor today to introduce to you second-time guest on the IGP, Mr. Ragoff Tana. How you doing, Rags? I'm doing great. That was a way better intro than I deserve. No, no, it's not. So let, let me go ahead and tell you what I was going to tell you right when we got on this podcast today, and Bradley made me stop because we went live on Facebook. So let me tell you what I was going to tell you. All of my friends, and I have a lot of them that are in the insure tech space in the insurance industry, they sell their companies at some point in time, which why do you create a company? Well, you create it to one day sell it, right? That's what you do. And I hear all these astronomical numbers. You and I laughed about it before we got on this podcast today. What did Tarmica sell for? We're not going to talk about that today. But with all of them, I'm going to give you the exact same request that I give I gave it to agency zoom they still haven't followed through with it oh I know what I this give is. it to every single insure tech that sells out for 30 million 50 million 100 million 500 million 2.7 billion here's what I want from you rags this is all I want and I know you you're a man of integrity you're a man that will do what he says he's gonna do I want a t-shirt and on that t-shirt now, you have to sign the back of it with a Sharpie, your name, because I want your autograph. On the front, it says, I sold my company for millions of dollars, and all Scott got was a shitty T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want. I is, that, that. is that too much to so ask? Can we tell the story when Agency Zoom sold, Scott tweeted that, and the next week, Hawksoft sent Scott a T-shirt. That is correct. <laughs> they, like, they did do we'll, that. We'll give you a t-shirt instead. Well, no. Here's what happened. I was on a podcast. You were on paternity leave. Okay. Justin Miller and I were on a podcast together doing a podcast on the technologies that we use in our agency. I started that podcast out with talking about Hawksoft, and I said... It ain't nothing fancy. It's like yeah. your grandmother's Buick. Oh, that's... I forgot it just that. runs. And it will get you from point A to point B. That's Hawksoft, right? Yeah. It's fine for what we need it for, and it's a, it's a great product. A week later, I get 
a matchbox Buick car packaged in the mail to me with a letter that says, hey, there's nothing wrong with being your grandma's Buick. That was fantastic. That was one of the best things that's, that's happened. That's customer that. service right there. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. no doubt, no doubt. Brother, I am so proud and I'm so happy for you and I'm just humbled that you'd be on the show today. This is your first media interview since the sale last week. Let's talk a little bit about it. What What's transpired with the sale of Tarmica to, to Applied Systems and just kind of walk us through kind of where you are today with it and, and what the future holds. I know you got a very bright future with them. Talk a little bit about all that. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. There's Obviously, it's a, it's kind of wild the last few weeks. We've been getting introduced to all these people that we hadn't worked with in the past. It's been a, a fun couple of weeks for our team. Definitely increases our ability to sell Tarmica, right, As, sure. uh, to, to agencies and carriers. But it's interesting. I mean, essentially, when we were looking at it and we were trying to figure out, well, what's next for Tarmica, uh, the most logical place for us to live was within applied systems. Fortunately, they felt the same way. And when the acquisition went through, I mean, day one was, okay, how do we sell as much of this commercial line solution as humanly possible? And that, that's been the, it's been essentially, how do we keep momentum? So how do we make sure that we continue to sell this to as many agencies as possible? Because it is a valuable asset for agencies to use, whether we're standalone or underapplied, uh, it makes agencies more efficient. It saves them time. It saves them money. So essentially the goal is well, let's get them to keep using it and let's make it better and better. So we're in the process of integrating with Epic. We're in the process of integrating with EasyLinks mm. on these light integrations to get data to pass back and forth. And it's essentially, uh, let's drive the momentum forward. Let's carry more additional carriers onto the platform and let's make it better for everybody. So end goal, uh, just continue to serve independent agencies. Rags, for the four agents that are out there today that don't know who Tarmica is, or there is somebody listening to this podcast right now, and they're thinking to themselves, what the hell is Tarmica? What is a Tarmica? What's a Tarmica? <laughs> is that a carrier? Is that a, what is that? I want you to give them your elevator pitch on why at a very bare minimum, they need to use Tarmica in their agency. And what it is. Yeah, that's that's easy. So I used to be nicer about this, but now I can say it because we're part of Applied. Tarmica is the number one commercial rating platform in the insurance industry. Right. We created a platform where you could build, you could essentially respond to a single application, quote, multiple carriers, bind with multiple, or bind with a carrier, uh, pass data to the carrier systems, to AMS systems, to your sales force, it's essentially your one-stop shop for all commercial quoting. And, and to, to clarify, you're not a wholesaler. You're not right. doing what some of these other folks no. are doing where they've got the contract and you're writing it under their code. It's, it's your codes. Your codes being the agents. Yeah, the agency owns the business. We're just a tech company. Uh, you, you can do it through market access if you have your own market access provider on Tarmica. You can do it through your own producer codes. But we have no licenses. We are not a licensed broker. We're not a licensed agency. We're not right. a wholesaler. Everything so, about us is tech. So I'm going to be secret time here. Truth, complete 1,000% transparency here, okay? Because I want to make sure everybody knows this. My agency has tried Tarmica twice, and both times we ended up canceling because there's there's no contract. You just you write to Tarmica, and they – they'll do away with your, you know, your logins or whatever. 
And let me tell you exactly why. And the reason I'm saying this is I think there's about to be an opportunity for us to really start utilizing Tarmica. The first reason when we started using Tarmica, we stopped was, well, really both times, we weren't utilizing it. We weren't using it. But here's why, guys. Our agency, my agency, I Protect Insurance, has always had this very small niche of habitational property investors, single and multifamily. God, that sounds awful. And that is not really what Tarmica's built for. The second reason we stopped, we didn't even have a contract with Travelers Commercial. Well, that just changed last week. As of last week, we now have a commercial contract with Travelers, which was one of the big carriers on Tarmica. Congratulations. So if, if, if I, thank you, if I had a general agency and I wrote a lot of what I call, and I'm, I'm using air quotes here, which if you're on YouTube, you can see me doing this. You'll know that if you're a general agency that writes a lot of Main Street business, I would highly encourage you to go to Tarmica and utilize their radar to make it easier for your agents to write business every day. Would you agree with me, Rags? I would agree with you, and I will say the reason that you didn't have any cancellation penalties is because we like you. And <laughs> right. Not every agency gets that. Well, gets I that apologize. Program. And we've used it since day one. Right. Yeah. And use it. Actually, and I think Bradley I th- was uh, was in the first ten agencies to ever use Tarmac. Really? I didn't. Know I believe that. so. You're one of the first ten agencies to ever use it well, because you said you didn't have any appointments yet, and you still you still signed up anyway. Well, I'll tell you. I've told this story on LinkedIn. So. There's two companies that I support to the death, and both of them I like almost right. shunned when they first reached out. Like I'm not going to need that. And one of them was Karmica. Yeah. Isn't that how that happens? It's how, you, that's how that happens. I don't. I don't. I'm never going to use. It's Next like thing you the know, guy and the girl who end up being married for 30 years, correct. but but the girl wanted nothing to do with the guy. It's usually that's the way it goes. Exactly. So. I was like, man, I, I can't really use this. I mean, dude, we had just started Portal. We, we had zero commercial policies on the books because if you remember, our plan when we started was personal lines for the first 12 months, and then I was going to go learn commercial, which is exactly what happened. Oh, yeah. And hire commercial producers and that sort of thing, which is what happened. And and I'm like, man, I don't, you know, not only do I not have a use for this, I can't have a use for this. And he called me back. I want you on the platform. Like, if you can help me get appointed with some commercial carriers. Right. I'll do it. And not saying you office offer this service to everybody, Rags. I don't want to like, you know, be farming you out here, but Rags went and got me appointed with Liberty Mutual and a couple other carriers sure. that, that those appointments came from introductions he made. And then I ended up, we ended up joining Indium as market access because that gave us five carriers on Tarmica, which I remember thinking like, man, that's awesome. Like we are definitely the only agency down here that can quote small commercial with five carriers in right. one swoop. So absolutely. Rags, let's talk a little bit about the future of Tarmica. And the industry. And the industry. I've got some very compelling questions today. Our mission on this podcast is to help insurance agents any way we can. I have some compelling questions that I'd like for you to answer today. And I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. You know, we don't want to go too far out, but the next uh, year, three years, five years for Tarmica in terms of now that the partnership has been solidified, where you see them at. And then after that, we're going to talk a little bit about the future of the industry. Yeah, no, for sure. That's so that's been the question that everyone's been asking that I haven't really given a proper answer to, but I'll give one here. I mean, the future for us is 
we need at the single source of truth, good, bad, or indifferent is generally the AMS system, right? right. You do everything within the AMS system. So the future of Tarmica is an entire commercial radar will be built into Epic and you'll mm. be able to remarket any account directly from Epic. That's not going to happen tomorrow. That's going to take a year plus. That's our end state, right? right? And we're hoping to hit that goal by the end of 23 and have it be fully integrated with, with Applied Epic. What's cool about that, though, is you have an account that you want to remarket because the client's unhappy, the client's upset. Generally, that process is going to take you a couple of days. Or, 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 or maybe maybe you just run like a renewal report, like a premium change report 45 days out, and you see where one of your best clients' premium for XYZ carriers going up 37%, and you just want to remarket it. Exactly. I mean, you're you're a diligent business owner. You want to remarket some accounts every once in a while. And you'll be able to do that automatically through the system. At the same time, though, we recognize not everyone's on Epic. Uh, There's customers on EasyLinks, AMS360, Sajida, Hawksoft, NowCerts, whatever you're on. Mm -hmm. So there still has to be a standalone instance where you can continue to quote, continue to operate, continue to utilize. And we hope that those companies will integrate with us as well. Um, We're doing an integration with for an agency right now with their agency management system specific to them. But our hope is that every AMS system just says, hey, our goal is to make our agents' lives easier. So we'll integrate with Tarmica because that's what they're using and we'll integrate so they can pass data. That's the future state. So that, um, that's a, let, let, me, let me ask you a question on that note. For the user who's not on Applied but that uses Tarmica and is sitting here thinking, well, crap, what does this mean for me? Kind of take us through that a little bit because I know, you know, this may or may not be true, but old school insurance tech company was, is now that we've acquired this company, you have to be on our system right. to use it. My, and we can take this out if we need to, but my take on this, whether it's applied Vertifor, insert big company here, is that's not the attitude anymore. In this instance, the attitude is if you're an insurance agency and you want to utilize good technology that you've been utilizing in the past, go use it. You don't, I mean, obviously, hey, Everyone should switch to Epic now that I'm part of the right? <laughs> That's a no-brainer. But again, if you're if you're on AMS 360, let's say, use Tarmica because it's still going to benefit your agency whether or not you're on Epic. It's still a tool that you should be using within your agency. And that's that's the messaging that we've been putting out there. Mm-hmm. So it's when you say integrating with, let's say, AMS 360 and Tarmica, and I don't want to deep dive too far into the process, but is this literally clicking a couple of buttons after you run a report to see, let's say in a month there's uh, 20 accounts you want to remarket, Main Street type accounts that would fit the carriers that are on Tarmica. Is this a click a couple of buttons and boom, bang, boom, you've got your remarket done in a matter of a little while instead of a, a week? Is that kind well, of not a, is a little while? Is that a metric system measuring? Yeah, a little while. It's country for not long. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. So, so Epic, yeah, I mean, that's the goal. That's the end state of our of our integration here. Is hey, how do we get this to be like you said, a couple clicks of a button and you remarket the account? And we'll say a little bit of time, like you said, instead of giving an exact estimate on how long this process takes, right. but it's quick. It's today's operations for remarketing renewals are ridiculous to me trust and ability to yeah i mean i was on the agency side for a couple years my dad did for 20 years 
even for some of his mid-sized accounts, like we're talking like 20, 25,000 in premium. He talks about starting the process 90 days in advance and yep. getting quotes back when yeah. there's 30 days remaining. Well, the thing is too, it's already like you guys that are listening to this, that remarket your accounts quite a bit. It costs you so much money to not only pay someone to sit there and do that, but it affects your retention rather than leave if, if you're able to leave it alone. And then also, is there a commission aspect to that? Right. So it's an unprofitable endeavor regardless. Right. But if you're able to somehow at least shorten the amount of time that you have to work on it, it helps you tremendously. Well, and let, let me let me go back to he just dropped an elephant out of his back pocket and he didn't realize it. Okay. He said something about his dad remarketing accounts and maybe getting an account back 20 days out. Yeah. So I will tell you right now, and Bradley probably already knows this, as busy as underwriters are today, and, they, and they're, they're kind of like adjusters, they've got more accounts now that they're looking at than they've ever had before because of some downsizing and uh-huh. other reasons. That 20 days out to get a quote is now we're seeing accounts with blue blood carriers, okay, mm-hmm. that we have re- reshopped at day 30, day 45, day 15, whenever we get around to it, hopefully not the day before, and us literally not getting a quote back until the day of or yeah. the day before. And, and the that's problem, not unusual. The problem with that, that's like ENS right there, dude. The problem with that. Is, and I believe you, even if that is 100% true and you did everything you could to get those terms at least a little longer out than mm-hmm. the day of, the customer does not believe you. Right. Because your customers are used to Amazon. And guess what? They're blowing up, their, they're blowing up your phone and you don't have anything to tell them. And they're calling <laughs> your competitors. And so that's 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 the problem with and you're and Bradley you're right I said blue blood carriers and we have had a a lot of that with some blue blood carriers that I'm not going to name the carrier but it it rhymes with nationwide <laughs> um but you see it a lot more with ENS a lot more it, it ain't with, nothing it rhymes with nationwide <laughs> it rhymes with nationwide hey ENS market it ain't nothing to I, not to not get a renewal back. Or, or, or a quote back on new business day before day of. Dude, I've had brokers and, forget. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, we had to renew this. Exactly. Hey, I got a question for you, Rags. And this is this is unprecedented breaking ground here. Our friend, Aaron Robertson, posed a question last week in a Facebook group. I love Aaron Robertson. Sometimes I won't choke the shit out of him. But I love Aaron Robertson, and what he said, I've actually given some thought to, although I did not respond to it on the Facebook message, because I wanted to, today, I knew we were going to be talking on this podcast, and I wanted to ask you about this. He did a video on a Facebook Messenger group that Bradley and I are a member of, a very small group, and he said this, he said, why is it that there's not a Tarmica-like product out there? that you fill out a web-based type form for any commercial risk, does not matter what it is, and then that form shoots out to every carrier basically in the insurance industry, whether it's 
You know, that doesn't matter who it is. It could even be excess and surplus. And somebody with those particular carriers that's in the underwriting department, the underwriters can look at those almost like a Craigslist. They can look Craigslist. at yeah. They can look at at uh, look at the applications that have been submitted in kind of a web based format and pick and choose the ones that are in their appetite. They click on it and send back a quote. It's like insurance only fans. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. What is that? Is that something that's so out of? I mean, the first thing that I thought of, again, I didn't respond to his video, which was, you know, not too lengthy. But I thought, well, first of all, you'd have to get all the carriers to agree to do this. That's going to be your first challenge. And and then you that's your only challenge. Yeah. And then the manpower it would take for because somebody's going to have to be monitoring that particular site to say, oh, yeah, well, that is something we want. We'll bid on that. Or well, I think you know, we'll, I think you answered the question before. Underwriters are more busy than ever, yeah. right. right? So if underwriters are more busy than ever, and their hit rates already dropping quite a bit, their right. bind rates dropping quite a bit, I don't think anyone, I don't think any underwriter wants to work on more accounts if they think that their bind rate's going to drop to like one or two percent. Sure. Uh-huh. Maybe it's possible technically, and maybe carriers would agree to it. But I can't imagine, I mean, I don't, I, when I used to work with underwriters four or five years ago, it was always, what's the chance that you're actually going to write this with us, right? right. Before they even start doing the work. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm always under the impression, do the work and then, you know, do your best work, figure it out and make sure you land the Absolutely. account. Yep. That's not really the way it's working right now. It's, hey, what are the chances we're going to get this? And if you lower that bind rate to what we're, we would expect out of a solution like that, I don't think they're going to work. Yeah, on. I agree. Well, you also have, I'll tell you, I'll tell you an element of that too. So when I worked at Alpha, Alpha implemented Guidewire. Right. Okay. I think it was 2015, 2018. I mean, they're going from screw the bleeding end of the technology sword. They're right. backed by the handle. Right. right. And they were implementing Guidewire. It was a hundred million dollar implementation. I'm assuming. I don't know that for sure. Wink, wink. It's been long enough, I can say that. Sure. And I think that year it was the largest technology project in the insurance industry. Wow. And there was a problem they were running into because whether it was true or not, and it was was to a degree true, this technology to a degree was going to eliminate some manpower the need for some manpower right. on the underwriter side mm-hmm. and this was our perception i'm not saying that this was the case but we were as the agent force under perception that the sales prevention department i mean the underwriting department Correct. was favorite words no figuring out strategic ways to keep their workload high to make themselves look valuable <laughs> So another element about right. Another that's like the most underwriter thing ever. <laughs> another element that you deal with, I would imagine, with stuff like this is, oh, I don't want to help. Sure. I don't want this project to happen because it's going to eliminate my job. And, and and whether we want to admit it or not, that's how a lot of employees think, especially at big corporations, because right. they know at the end of the day, the big corporation really doesn't care about them that much. Right. To a degree. Right. A lot of corporations. So that makes so, that makes so, perfect sorry sense. for the long winded story, but you, you have that element of it too, I would imagine. Rags, you got something to add to that? Yeah, I mean I think I don't even think that's just underwriters though. I think that's yeah, I think you're right. That's anyone at a large corporation feels like 
we have to prove that we're as busy as humanly possible at all times. And this is the same thing you get with like consultants and accountants that are saying they work 90 hours a week, right? right. Yeah, why exactly. do you talk about working 90 hours a week unless you're trying to prove something? Like, to why can't I get my attorney to answer an email and he always wants to have a hop on a phone call? Exactly. Because the timer's exactly. running. Absolutely. So let's, let's go technical real quick for a second. So a story I like to tell is, are you familiar with the comedian Bill Ingvall? I'm not. Okay. So he has a bit that he used to do where him and his wife were having a baby and they're doing the, the pre-classes. Have I told you a story, Scott? They're no, doing the, I, they're doing. So Bill Ingvall was part of the redneck comedy tour with blue collar comedy, blue collar. Yeah. I'm sorry. Blue collar with uh, Jeff Foxworthy and Ron White. Go right. ahead. So he has this bit that he does where him and his wife are having a baby and they're doing the classes, right? You know, the classes and he was on the road and missed every class but one. And the class that he took was epidural day. Sure. So he says, we're getting out of the car and I'm yelling, epidural, epidural, epidural. Don't have any idea what in the heck it means. Right. So I'm going to parlay that into an analogy with insurance agents. Okay. Everybody yells, direct integration, APIs, direct integration, APIs. Right. And don't have any idea what the heck it means. Right. I mean, they have a general idea of what happens, right? Sure. But how to do that. And, and what a lot of people don't realize, and I'm not a, I'm not a coder, right? I'm, I'm one of you guys. Right. Okay. But, or a developer. Oh, when I, knew, you I get, knew what you meant. When you get, and I'm more talking to the listeners, when you get Traveler's API and you get Liberty's API and Chubb's API, which are all Tarmica carriers, they're all going to be completely different, right? <laughs> They're not even close. And you have you have to wire <laughs> you have to wire work them around. You have to figure out this one does this this way, and, I, and I'm now I'm going into regneck terms because now I'm stepping into the, the part of the water I have sure. no idea about. How do you guys even? And I don't think we covered this when we interviewed you initially. How do you guys even begin to make all that stuff work? I, I will say too. See, I'm happy that you 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 said that because most agencies will reach out and be like. Well, why doesn't that coverage translate to, to this carrier the way it does to this carrier? That's why I'm asking that, because I know it's, you get that, and I know people think that way, because I talk to them. This, this is not the way that anyone should actually build a tech company, because we did it all in Excel. So all of the mapping of coverages, all the mapping of underwriting questions, all the mapping of everything was done in a 100,000-line Excel. That's hilarious. Um, and and I, the reason it was done in Excel is probably – pretty stupid because I was the one doing it four years ago. But the reason it was done in Excel is because I didn't know how to code. I didn't know any platforms where I could upload this information. I did it all in Excel. So the form would go in, it would ping Excel, and then it would put it somewhere else, basically. No, no. We would put it in Excel, and then we would upload it, and our developers would go and code it based on what I put in the Excel. Oh, gotcha. They would just read the Excel, essentially, and then code it in. But fast forward to today, I had a call this morning with, uh, so we're moving all of our integrations to IDP, uh, under under Ivan's IDP, because it's much more efficient. It's it's essentially scalable. I'm looking at the way they do it, and this is the right way to do it. You know, larger corporation, larger organization, they have a, a tool, a platform that they use, and they write the rules into the platform instead of writing the rules into an Excel document and tabbing over line by line. So much more efficient. But again, Excel works, right? Excel got the job done. It made sure that we had everything organized and clean, but that's how we did it. We would map every underwriting question. So if it's what year was the building built to year of construction, we would map those, say what the rules were, what the carrier was all in Excel. Wow. That's unbelievable. 
All so right. Also not very technical of me, but that was the way I knew. I was me and Gita four years ago. That was the only way I knew how to do it. How many hours do you think you did that? Uh, initially, I probably spent the first year was just me doing things in Excel. So I would yeah. say over the last four years, there have been thousands and thousands of hours that went into that Excel document. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the future of the insurance industry for a minute. Now, guys, let me, let me tell you who I'm talking to right now. I'm talking to a guy who is scary smart, and I think it but would behoove you to listen to his, I hate to say predictions, but just thoughts on where he sees the future of the insurance industry going as it relates to kind of his part of that world with Tarmica and commercial rating platforms and even personal lines rating platforms like PL Raider and what are some of the others? About four of them, five Easy of them. Links. Easy links. Easy links. What, tell us what you think about it. Where, where are we headed three years, five years, ten years down the road? Yeah, it's interesting. And I will say I listened back to our podcast from a couple of years ago. Yep. And I think this question was asked. And I said that insurance agencies would take over for all these direct-to-consumers that took a small percentage of what they used to do. So I think in commercial insurance, there's 20% that was going direct-to-consumer it was supposed to go up to 30, 40, 50. I think it's down to like 16 now. Right. Really? I still, I, so yeah, it's, actually, it's actually dropping instead of going up? In the last couple of years, yes, because what people realize is they weren't getting the same service they were getting from agencies as they got direct to consumer. And commercial risks are hairy. They're confusing. You need thousands of coverages. Right. So agencies are forced to go more digital. They're forced to meet the customer in an Amazon-like way, like you talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Direct to consumer, yeah, you can sell them on something, but it's not like selling on Amazon because you have to service that account day after day after day. And history has shown us that selling a product direct to consumer like that, super easy. Selling a service direct to consumer, yes. then maintaining the relationship of that service using a call center, unlikely. So I think what's gonna to continue to happen is agencies are gonna for, be forced to go digital. They're gonna be forced to do more marketing online. They're gonna be forced to do uh, more email campaigns. They're gonna be forced to be found in places where consumers wanna buy, but then they have to service like an insurance agency. Yes. And that's that's five years out, that's three years out, that's 20 years out. That's, in my opinion, that will never change. The one thing that will change is, we've I've talked to a lot of agencies that are on Tarmica and they're like, oh, you know, we're going to use this for a couple of years, grow our revenue, and we're going to sell the agency. And I've heard that more and more than I ever have before. So I think their agency numbers are going to shrink, mm-hmm. but that's not a bad thing. That's because there's a lot of people without succession plans. Right. There's a lot of people that don't know what they want to do. Just, I think the just had a podcast yeah. on that about an hour and a half ago. Well, I think too, you know, on the agency succession side of things, you know, when COVID happened, I told my wife, I said, we need to be kind of how when the economy's not doing great like it is right now. Eventually, there's some big real estate opportunities. And when COVID happened, I told my wife, I said, I need to be ready because there's going to be some opportunities to buy some agencies who don't want to, they just don't want to deal with this. Mm-hmm. But what happened is the housing market was good during COVID. And our industry, whether you're in commercial or resident or personal lines, we kind of follow the housing market and the economy and that sort of thing. Now right. that things are slowing down, you're starting to see, like I've been actively trying to find agencies to buy in the last year and a half. And I've had more just in the last three weeks interested in selling on my desk. I had one this morning. Yeah. That, That's you know, not a bad thing. That's a good thing. No, it, no it's not a bad thing at all. Yeah. You know? uh, but but it's, it's, it's interesting, the direct-to-consumer too, because 
I've actually had some conversations with some direct-to-consumer and sure-tech carriers, and they're they're shifting their mind. And I'm not saying that what they're doing is right, but they're shifting their mindset a little bit to more start thinking like agencies mm-hmm. rather than thinking like, hey, we're going to be a carrier. Instead of being the next State Farm, they're, hey, we're going to try to be the next hub. So let me say this, Rags. The very first day this podcast started, I came out and I said, let me tell you some bitches something. Buying insurance for no other reason, and there's a lot of reasons, but for no other reason than the liability component of insurance is not like buying a a T-shirt or a miter saw on Amazon, okay, because of the liability component of insurance. It is my belief, and please tell me if you think I'm wrong, I would love to know, that you just said that we've gone from direct to consumer and commercial from 20% down to 16%, correct? Is that what you just said? Yeah, so I I was actually just looking at that. Someone emailed me that two days ago. Right. There is, in my belief, another reason why that is lowering is because People don't mind buying insurance online to start with, right? Where the train runs off the tracks is you've bought your policy direct to consumer online, and now you've had a claim. And guess what you don't have? You don't have Scott to call and cuss out. (laughs) You don't have Scott to call on your cell phone like I did yesterday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon with a commercial claim on my cell phone apologizing profusely that you had to call me on Sunday at 2 o'clock. Hey, no problem. That's what I'm here for. So what happens is they're buying their insurance online, and then when the claim occurs and they have no idea who to call or who to talk to, or they're talking to some kid in the call center on Sunday at 2 o'clock that's so hung over from going to a (laughs) rave the night before that they can't even freaking speak straight. So guess what happens? And they're reading off of a They screen. go find an independent insurance agent to go buy their insurance from because the claim situation was so scary and they didn't have somebody to hold their hand through the process that they're like, I am never doing that again. And I'll, well, I'll say this. You've always had that take. You have never wavered, and you're right. Thank you. The right. only thing I'll add to that is there's no problem buying insurance online. No. If – you have the advice of a professional that told you yes. while you were online, this is what you should be buying. Correct. So you do have that. You don't have the claim issue. Well, it's, Again, it's, I like buying online. I think buying insurance online is genius. I think that's exactly how it should be sold as yeah. long as there's an agent involved in that process. Well, it's kind of like. But that's that's the problem. Yeah. That's the Twix and the Twain, right? Yeah. These companies, these direct, they feel exactly the same way Rags does, except they don't want to pay a damn agent to do anything. So they're like, eh, we'll just cut him out of the process. Well, it's like when me and my wife got married, I call her my CFO. She is so good with money, saving, investing, managing, spending. I am the reason that credit card companies have notifications when somebody spends money. Well, I can tell you and, why I can see all these damn cameras sitting in this room right now. <laughs> and so when we got married, I said, look, I need to come a little bit this way and you need to come a little bit this way. And, and so it's my stance of the direct to consumer has always been, no, we don't need to move to a world where buying insurance is hundred percent online because you have liability components, you have policies with hair on them and that sort of thing. But the person who gets hurt the most in this scenario 
is the person who has their fingers in their ear going, la, 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 la. I'm not right. listening to any of this. And you have it on both sides. Right. You have the the Ken insurances and the lemonades who, right. who have their fingers in their ear and, and think that yep. it's an antiquated way of doing business. And then you have agents on the other side. So we're going to stay the main street agent and we're going right. to do all our business in person. No, Walk-ins. both sides <laughs> need to learn from each other. That's Correct. that we, we need to take a little bit from here and a little bit from Wait, here. Brother, yeah. are you talking about politics or insurance? Right <laughs> I promise you, I'm definitely not talking politics. Let me tell you, let me tell you everybody at the, at, at, from the sound of my voice right now. In March of our Lord 2022, I looked the president of all personal line sales for Nationwide Insurance dead in his face. Dead in his face. Smationwide. Smationwide Insurance. You may have heard of them. And I said, let me. Small regional. I said, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I want to make sure I'm crystal clear. I don't want to leave anything. I don't want there to ever be a doubt in your mind what's about to come out of my mouth. I said, never ever never ever 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 in the history of the freaking world ever has there been one consumer one client one customer ever call an independent or captive insurance agency ever and say these words well scott i didn't buy insurance from you i bought it from travelers that has never happened. What happens every single time? Bad claim scenario happens. They pick up the phone. They call Bradley Flowers. Bradley, I didn't buy insurance from Travelers. I bought, I bought it, from, it you. from you. Let that sink in for just a second. All you insurance executives out there listening to this, it ain't never happened. They don't buy from Travelers Nationwide, Safeco, Liberty Mutual, Chubb, Hartford. They buy it from their local independent or captive agent down the street. The end. Rags, you got anything to add to that before we go? Nope. That's perfect. That is that is 100% true, too. It ain't never happened. Not never. Now, you can sit up in your ivory tower in Columbus, Ohio, or Tampa, Florida, or Los Angeles, California, and y'all can sit in the big boardrooms with the fancy tables and all this shit and talk about and product, blah, 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 blah. They ain't never bought anything from you guys. And I'm sorry. I wish it wasn't that way. Well, I kind of, I'm glad it's that way because it's why I have a job. But it ain't never happened, ever. If you get in a claim situation, just like I did yesterday at two o'clock in the afternoon when the guy's profusely apologizing for me, you know what he says to me yesterday, Bradley? He goes, I- I'm so sorry to call you on a Sunday like this, but we got a claim on one of our automobiles and I didn't know what to do. Listen to that. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And that's 98% of United States citizens. They don't know what to do. You know what I think often when I'm on YouTube and I see this Kyle Stumpin' Horse Next Insurance? Oh, my I'm like, God. Do you think he knows how many holes are in his general liability no. commercial general contractor policy? He's just, he's just glad they paid him $5,000 yeah, to do that exactly. YouTube commercial. That's how you know you're a nerd. You're, talking, you're thinking about yeah. other people's yeah. general liability policies. Exactly. Rags, exactly. Rags, before we go today, I want you to tell these agents because they need to know this. Guys, listen to me. I'm not telling you that you need to sign up with Tarmica. Here's what I am telling you. You need to go do a demo with Tarmica. Look at your agency force and who you've got in there. And if you've got a bunch of people or a few people riding Main Street Commercial Insurance, do the demo with Tarmica. Okay, 
let your agents be a part of that, the guys that are actually out there making the calls and writing the policies, and figure out whether it's right for you. Rags, tell them how they can get in touch with you guys. So they can email sales at tarmica.com, or you can email me directly if you really want to talk. That's ragav.tan at tarmica.com. There you go. There you go. Well, I'm going I'm to leave you with this, Rags. Ain't nobody happier for you than I am. I appreciate that. I appreciate you guys having me on. Man, anytime. Hey, are you going to be – am I going to see you pretty soon at some event? I know Paradiso's Mastermind is in uh, Indianapolis. Are you going to that? I believe so. Okay. I should be there. I'll right. give you a hug and a kiss when I get up there then. I can't wait. He changed his mind. <laughs> Not going now. Cancel <laughs> the plots. We got a laugh from back there. <laughs> Guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and as I end every episode, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk today. Go out into the big bad world. Bradley Flowers said it best. Title of the episode, don't stick your damn fingers in your ears. Figure it out. Figure it out. Let's get to some common ground. Utilize technology, utilize automations in your agency and get yourself one step closer to the freedom that you need to have and that I believe you deserve to have. Go write business for your family, for your wife, for your husband, for your kids' college fund, for your parents out there that are struggling. Go go write good business for them. Write good business for the agencies that you represent and write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Rags. Thank you, Ray. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being a part of our family, and we'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at scott at iprotectinsurance.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to portalinsurance.com or email him at bradley at portalinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. We thank you so much for listening to our show and being a part of our family. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on the next episode of the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care.